Hey everyone, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I'm okay, how are you? Are you okay? I'm fine. Okay, you, you sure? Yeah. Oh, I see. You're laughing at something. You'll find out. Okay. Is it some wacky news from yes. the year of the movie? Yes. Ah, fun. Good times. Well, I'm glad that even though you wrote that before, whatever it is is so good that it's making you laugh preemptively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I kind of want to just get right to it instead well, of doing any sort of... How are you, hun? I'm doing okay. I'm surrounded by cardboard boxes. Yeah, we're yeah. getting ready for the big move. Yeah, we're in a fort of boxes. All of our, just, well, not all of our, but a lot of our things are in boxes, and uh, we still got many more things to put in boxes. I just want the next month to be over with. I'm so over it. I'm done. Like, I just want it to be done. Yep. I don't want to worry about mortgage brokers anymore, or lawyers, or boxes, or moving companies, or flooring, or paint, or anything. I just, I want to be done. I just want to be in the house. Everything's done. Yeah, I really want it to be July. I feel like July is going to be good. You feel like July, it'll be everything will be done by July. Not done, done, but the hard part. I see. Well, that's fair. That is a fair way to look at it. But until then, we have our movie of the week to yes. get through. So for this week, we will be talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which originally hit theaters back in 1988. Oh, I'll be in my trailer. Taking a nap! Woo! Excuse me, Please, I can give you stars! Just drop the refrigerator in my head one more time! Roger, I dropped it on your head 23 times already! I can take it! Don't worry about me! I'm not worried about you, I'm worried about the refrigerator! This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit and a down-and-out private detective Stay out. named Eddie Valiant. Ooga booga! Every moment they were together was a new adventure in trouble. Hide me, Eddie! Please! It's a motion picture about friendship. Please, Eddie! Don't tell me you're making a big mistake! Love. <laughs> Compassion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears? Murder. Marvin Acme. The rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. Sex. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. And violence. Tunes gets him every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. I'm a pig! I'm a tomb! I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tombs may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? This is where you could use your audio editing skills to edit in some sort of toony noise for my rewind noise. Okay. Yeah. Or just leave it as this because it's also silly. I'll do that probably. <laughs> so June 1988, what a month. <laughs> On June 6th, three giant turtles were found in a Bronx sewage plant. 
Oh, okay. not four, just three. Oh, too bad. They were one short of a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. June 19th, the world's largest sausage is completed at 13 and one eighth miles long. Wow. That's that's a fair amount. I feel like this is still not the thing that you're ready to tell me about. Like, <laughs> uh, June 20th, Price is Right model Janice Pennington is knocked out by a TV camera. <laughs> <laughs> and june 29th 15th daytime emmy awards presentation and susan lucy <laughs> loses for the ninth time that is it that was the most interesting things i could find for june 1988 it was a boring boring month which you know what living through currently a very not boring time i'm very jealous of june 1988 i will admit but still those were the four most interesting things that happened in wow. june 1988 I kind of wish, like, I, like, I'm sure it's up there on YouTube, that video, The Price is Right. Are you looking it up right now? Maybe it is, but I'd have to do more deep diving, and it might be on there. Okay. Maybe is the answer. Yeah, there, there's a maybe, but I'm not going to take time to watch a 42-minute video to find out if it's there. Oh, it's, it's the, the entire episode or something? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need to look at that. It's, it's too long. Anyway. Anyway, so that was the highlights of 1988, which I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, you you would prefer to have a lot less in going on. Than- oh, boring times are way better than interesting times, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Shall we discuss the box office, which might be a little bit more interesting? Sure, let's do it. So summer started off, blockbuster season started off with release of Crocodile Dundee 2 mm-hmm. in May, which had the biggest opening weekend of 1988 at $24.4 million. Imagine $24.4 million being the biggest opening weekend of the, the year. Of the year. That's and, and also, it's Crocodile Dundee 2. World Wide phenomenon mm-hmm. anyway it was beaten by red heat which took in eight million and then who framed roger rabbit which was number one for one week lost to coming in america and then its fifth week returned to number one at 8.9 million it was beaten again by cocktail so it was only number one for two weeks and spread out but the biggest movies of the year were rain man at 172.88 million who framed roger rabbit was number two at 156.4 million and Coming to America was number three at $128 million. So despite its huge opening, Crocodile Dundee did not crack the top three. There you go. There you go. Slightly more interesting. I, I suppose that that is true. I do like that so quickly after we did Crocodile Dundee that the sequel came in and did well. At least well-ish. Well, for Crocodile Dundee 2, it was actually number th- uh, six for the whole year. Still pretty good. You know what was number seven, hun? Do I know number seven? Yeah, sure. Die Hard. Die Hard. It should have been higher. <laughs> and then, as we know, Coming to America just got a sequel this year. So who knows? Some of these the, these older movies might have a, a sequel too one day. You never know. Sequels are the big business all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, not all of a sudden, but sequels to movies that are like decades old. Mm-hmm. Or TV shows mm-hmm. about movies that are decades old. <laughs> Anything that's like old is new again. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, shall we talk about who framed Roger Rabbit and, and our recollection of this movie before before we get into it? Yeah. Would you like to go first? You seem to be very chomping at the bit. Well, I, I was looking up something because I, I had memories of this movie and seeing it in theaters. 
which doesn't make sense because it would be four. Yeah. And I don't really remember being at the movies when I was four. Mm -mm. So when I thought about it right before it hit me that I saw one of the shorts because they did a few Roger Rabbit shorts with baby Huey with baby Huey. Yeah. And they played in front of other movies. Mm -hmm. And I am trying to figure out what for the life of me, what movie it was that I saw that had one of these shorts because the thing that makes it even worse is they re-released the shorts to Did play. Really? Yeah, I'm actually look. I was looking it up on Wikipedia, and some of the shorts played in front of other movies. And the first movie that had a Roger Rabbit short play in front of it that I may have seen in theaters may have been Toy Story. Huh. You know, now that you say that, I do remember that, but I feel like I saw in the mid '90s. We went and saw all when I was a kid. We went and saw, you know. Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, like the Renaissance movies, mm -hmm. right? Where it was like the Renaissance of Disney. And uh, we went and saw all of those. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say that at least a couple of them had to have had. Yeah, because I'm looking at some of the movies that, that it appeared in front of. So, okay, so the second short, Tummy Trouble, which was, I believe, the first short, aired in front of Aladdin. Okay, yeah. The Lion King and Pocahontas. And I saw all three of those in theaters. I think I saw Aladdin in theaters. I'm certain I saw all three in theaters. Okay. And so then, I would have definitely seen it. But I don't remember Tommy Trouble. I remember, because there's another one, Roller Coaster Rabbit. And Roller Coaster Rabbit was the one that played in front of Toy Story. But the one I remember is the one where he's like camping. And the camping one was in front of a far off place, which I have no idea what movie that is. No. And it was on in front of Tarzan and Treasure Planet. So I I, I must be thinking of Toy Story or Aladdin was the first. That's the memory that I have of seeing this movie theatrically. So these memories that I'm talking about aren't even right. It's not even my memories of this film. So I had to have seen the film at some time between... 1988 and 1993 because I knew who Roger Rabbit was when I was watching the movie like the the, the in the theater mm -hmm. so I couldn't tell you when I saw it for the first time somewhere between 1988 and 1993 <laughs> yeah so like it was just a movie that you know you you would I, I don't think I ever no I did own it I think we owned like a black box copy of it back on VHS but it wasn't a movie we watched a lot but it was a movie that was notable because it had, you know, it had all of the all the cartoon characters mm -hmm. in it. And it was a big movie when you're a kid and there's all this this cartoon stuff, even though it's like it's at its heart. It's a 40s noir detective thriller, you know, like where it, where it just happens to have cartoon characters in it. I just remember loving it because it had cartoons, you know. So, yeah, that that's basically my memories of it. I, I've seen it a few times. I remember I, I have it on Blu-ray. And this is the first time I've seen it since I bought it on Blu-ray. And that was a few years ago now because uh, it was I think it was before we started dating that I bought it. Oh, really? So, yeah. So it was it's it's a while that I've had I've had that movie on Blu-ray. And then I don't believe I watched it very much between like I never had a DVD copy of it or anything. So we watched it on VHS and then we watched it. I watched it on Blu-ray years later because it was kind of this thing where it's like, you know, I haven't seen in a long time. I haven't seen Roger Rabbit. Well, we own it. It's right downstairs. No, I'm going to go buy the Blu-ray because I don't want to watch a VHS. You know, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what it was. But but yeah, so whatever whatever short I ended up seeing is my theatrical memories of Roger Rabbit. But I, I do remember watching it on Blu-ray on VHS. 
we also owned it, but you're right. You know what? Now that you mentioned the shorts, because I forgot about the shorts, I know for a fact I've seen Tummy Trouble. Yeah. I can remember it very clearly now that I'm like looking into it. I've seen Tummy Trouble. I haven't seen the other ones, but again, we went and saw all those movies in theaters, so I remember that. But like you said, I don't remember. We owned it on VHS when I was a kid, and I, I honestly don't remember when I watched it for the first time, because it is a movie I've seen several times when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember there being controversies about it because of things animators snuck into it over yeah, the time and yeah. everything. Whatever. Like that, who cares? Like, I'm just kind of like, those sorts of things never would have been seen before Blu-ray. So the animators couldn't have predicted that. So Or or DVD because it would pause. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, DVD, not yeah, Blu-ray, yeah. but still. But I definitely did see it several times as a kid. It feels like the sort of movie my mom would have put on for me as a child on like a sad rainy Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. um, and just been too young to understand a lot of the more adult stuff. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of adult stuff now uh, in this rewatch. That's yeah. kind of like surprise. Here's all of this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, that's your re- memories. That's my memories. It's kind of a, it's kind of an odd one. Cause it's sort of like an at a, at a cusp. It's a movie that came out when we were young, very young, mm-hmm. but unlike, other movies that we've talked about on the show that came out when we were very young or even before we were born, it's not something that we discovered years later on our own. It was something that just kind of, oh, you're a kid? Watch this kid's movie. Yeah, and it's not. I know I know. I was very s- scared by two scenes in There this are movie. a few movies that are very scary, yeah, and, as a young kid. Well, even as an adult. Like, you know what? One of the scenes as an adult was not scary, and one of the scenes as an adult was made me scary sad. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I, I know what scenes those are. Well, but. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad I didn't realize as a kid when I know for a fact I didn't realize that the villain in this movie is also Doc from Back to the Future. Yeah, because like I love Back to the Future as a kid, and like, I still do. It's a great movie, but I know if I put two and two together. I would have been really upset because like because <laughs> actors were the same person and never you well no I was just like you're a kid you don't yeah. you're like because I was so scared of him like, yeah well you know I get it I get it like I also get it in the sense of like when you when you're a kid you also attribute an actor to that like that's that actor yeah a perfect example is Jurassic Park we've talked about is my favorite movie mm-hmm. and after seeing Jurassic Park my favorite actor became sam neill because sam neill was alan grant makes sense the next movie that came out theatrically after jurassic park that had sam neill in it was in the mouth of madness which is a horror (laughs) hp lovecraft thing and i'm like i have to see that my parents are like no you're not gonna see it i've still never seen in the mouth of madness but i i've never seen it i know it because i know that sam neill is in it and he was in it after jurassic park so yeah it's it's funny where you like when you're a kid that person is that person every time you see them even though they may they may be in wildly different movies I I, good thing i didn't see the fly after jurassic park either yeah <laughs> i was gonna say because like i could really go for expanding my lovecraftian knowledge because there there's that lovecraftian one uh color out of space uh netflix and yeah, Cage. Cage, I, I'd, yeah i'd like to watch that at some point I mean, you know, like maybe we'll go on a Lovecraft trip. So there's two movies. Yeah. Is there more? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot. Right of, in your suggestions, y- folks. Yeah. We're going to do a Lovecraft marathon that I'm sure none of those movies made any of our criteria. Yeah. 
they tend to be a lot more niche. Mm-hmm. So anyway. But yeah, so I guess we should just kind of get into the movie itself. I don't know where to start. Like, I, I always knew it was a like a period movie, but th- this is the first time that I've actually kind of registered what year it actually took place. Because yeah, there's, there's a scene in it at the beginning where it's like, it's is 1947. And I was like, I always thought it was like the 50s. I mean, really? Like, I mean, it's close enough, right? But still. It's very early post-war. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the thing you find about decades too, right? Like, there there tends to be this bleed where what you really think about, of, there, it's, it's hard to explain, but basically the 1950s we picture is really like 1948 through 1955. Mm-hmm. For that sort of like leave it to beaver, like that sort of like 50s. Whereas like even then the 50s kind of had that vibe for a long time because the 60s didn't really progress as quickly as later decades did. Maybe because like the again post-war in the States was a a very thriving time for the middle-class white folks Mm -hmm. and no one else, but still. So yeah, I could see, I could, cause really the fifties, anything from like 1948, which is as close to, cause it's 47 all the way through to almost 1963. But that's, you're starting to get really a lot more progressive with JFK and stuff at that point. Yeah. There's, there's some interesting things. Like, I mean, uh, there's also like speakeasies, you know, like the bar, the bar itself. Cause like the, it's, past prohibition but the buildings are still not so old at that point that the hidden rooms and stuff of a speakeasy during prohibition they still have those yeah they're just used for other things now yeah and the other thing that really throws off what decade it is too is there's this very interesting especially at the at the studio Mm -hmm. at the maroon studios there's a very interesting like art deco style to Mm -hmm. everything but it's also very like cartoon art deco where it's like everything is very flat, like it was a like a painted background almost. Like mm-hmm. it's the, that stop that area of the movie, like especially like Maroon's office, has this very like live action cartoon background mm-hmm. almost. Like like the the scene at the beginning where it, it's the actual cartoon, and then it's revealed that it's a set, and everything on the set is all live action. Like it's all live action. Like the fridge is is live action yeah. and everything, but it's all cartoon styled. Maroon's office is like an extension of that almost mm-hmm. of that. Not quite real, real cartoonness, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that all mixed together. that just throws off what year this movie feels like it takes place in. It, but uh, you're right. Cause it does the art style. Like it, it blurs the lines a little because of the cartooning issue, but obviously this is an alternate reality of LA, Mm -hmm. but even then I do like, it is very LA in that it kind of makes fun right off the hop of what LA becomes. Cause one of the things early in the, the movie they they talk about is like their great public transit Mm -hmm. and like, who needs a car in LA? And it's like, and it kind of took me a moment to be like, is he joke? No, that would have been what it was like in the forties mm-hmm. when and then freeways came in and yeah, everyone, they, someone mentions a freeway and they're like, "What are you talking?" Yeah, about? they have to exp- they they don't have to for like the audience knows, but like mm-hmm. to make it but to fit the characters, the time, yeah, they the have characters to explain need it. it explained, mm-hmm. and it's very like 
oh yeah okay so they're not just joking it's like haha jk we have the best transit in the world it's like yeah no at the time they would have had good public transit no freeways and like you would it would have been like new york where you don't need a car to get around and now it's like everyone in la, LA drives mm-hmm. you, you need a car which is funny that everybody talks that way about la but apparently it's worse around toronto I, that's what i've heard yeah <laughs> i it's mean because we have fewer highways it's true yeah so the movie starts off with a cartoon and and looking at it that cartoon is is like like quintessential old ass cartoon. Yes. Like it's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Mm-hmm. Cuz I and I say Tom and Jerry more than anybody else because that madcap style mm-hmm. is the best way I could think of it. Like when you look at, you know, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or a Donald Duck cartoon or something like that, from the time there's usually like a story you know yeah but if when i think of tom and jerry i just think of the two of them like going crazy and that's what this was like this cartoon was i believe the word you're looking for is zany zany it's very zany like the baby the story is baby wants a cookie and then everything insane that could possibly happen from like oh my god I feel I, I think it's in one of the shorts, but like Roger gets like shot in the face, you know, oh, that it's very like Looney Tunes. Yeah. Violent. But yeah. like, you know, the knives flying at him and like getting burnt. But it's it's so constant, right? Like it, it's that's what I think of when I think of like Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny. Also, Tom and Jerry missing from this movie. That That's something that I mean, I think we should bring it up right off the bat because we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. My memories of this movie. I remember there being way more popular cartoon characters in this movie. Yeah. And you know what? I looked into it before because they did license both Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons and then kind of made up a bunch of their own too for filling the thing. But yeah, basically the rule was for every bit of screen time Disney got, Warner Brothers also got and vice versa. Yeah. So that's why Donald and Daffy are in the same scene together and why Bugs and Mickey are in the same scene together. It's not so much to be like, oh, these they go together well. You know, it's it's literally because this was made it very easy for the director and you know the movie to be like, look, they have the same amount of screen time. Leave us alone. Yeah, but there's a few other characters that just pop up. Like if the Porky Pig shows up, Goofy's there. Goofy's there, and they're both there for like like a second. There's a lot of the Fantasia characters. Yeah, they threw in a lot like of a Fantasia. lot of Fantasia characters. And I feel characters. like because Fantasia came out in like 47, right? I'm, 46 or 47. Yeah, maybe around that. Yeah, it, it's quite old. We, I, I've definitely shown it to our kid a couple times when he was little because like it's music and colors, right? Mm. But yeah, they and I feel like that because it did come out about that, and they're talking about like the Fantasia people are on loan from Disney for maroon cartoons and. It really makes sense for the, which I didn't get as a kid, but it makes perfect sense because that's kind of when the movie came out. So they would be popular characters at the time. Yeah. Tom and Jerry, I actually just looked this up, came out in the 40s. So they should have been around. I mean, obviously, they maybe they just didn't have whatever license rights to because Betty Boop shows up. Betty Boop. I like the Betty Boop reference because at this point, cartoons are color and they're more violent. And mm-hmm. like Daffy Duck and Bugs, they, they premiered back when in black and white yeah daffy was always my favorite as a kid and i had a vhs tape that was like the 20 best or whatever daffy duck sketches like Mm -hmm. from start to finish and i remember the first one the very first one that he did and it is still zany but it's not the same 
also I've never been able to figure out what silences foo means. Si- silences foo. He's in an operating room and he holds up a sign and it says sign because they're trying to make everybody like it's a theater mm-hmm. trying to make everyone quiet. He holds up a sign that says silences foo. And I have no idea what that means. I, I have no idea what that means. Well, I know that like foo fighters are UFO fighters. So that's yeah. where like that came from. But it's not the same thing. Yeah, definitely not. So anyway, there you go. There's some fun tidbits for you. Uh, yeah, I just looked this up and I'm like, what does that mean? Did I just break your brain? Yeah, because I want to know what silence is fooey means too. And that cartoon is from 1938. It's a reference to a different comic, apparently. Interesting. It's a reference to Smokey Stover. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea either, but that's what he, that's what silence is foo is. It's a reference to Smokey Stover. Anyway, as a kid, I seem to remember when they went to Toontown that like all the tunes were popular characters. And I also mistakenly believed that all of the tunes that they created for this movie were also popular characters as well. Like obviously Jessica Rabbit and and Roger Rabbit and like the car were like yeah characters for the movie but i felt like for some reason when i was a kid i thought like the ape bouncer i thought he was like a real character and and, you know like from something and i thought all of the characters were were repositioned from something else like repurposed from another thing okay so do you want to know who actually makes an appearance in who framed roger rabbit yeah there's actually quite a few okay but there are like a lot and like there's probably a lot we wouldn't recognize so mickey minnie donald daisy Goofy, Pluto is there. Pete is there. I don't know who Pete even is. I saw Pete. You would know Pete as the neighbor, Goofy's neighbor. Oh, in, yeah, Goofy. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He, I, I, I actually, I remember seeing Pete. Pete is one of the cops at the end of the movie with Porky Pig. Oh, there's Horace Horse Collar. I know who that is. Yeah. Okay, Clarabelle Cow. Mm-hmm. In a newspaper, you see Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yes, they're referenced. And then uh, there was one of the cases. They were kidnapped and the Valiant Brothers rescued them. To be fair, you have to keep in mind, a lot of these characters had to be from 19- before 1947. That's true. But a lot of these characters that I recognize so, are from... I mean, is Tweety Bird's in there too? Yeah. So uh, Gus Goose, Jose Car- Carioca from Saludos Amigos, Bucky Bug, The Merry Dwarves, Flowers in the Trees, Father Noah's Ark, which is the son, mm-hmm. Big Bad Wolf, Fiddler Pig, Pfeiffer Pig, and Little Red Riding Hood, Clara Cluck and Peter Pig, the orphans from Orphan's Benefit, Toby Tortoise, the girl bunnies, and animal pedestrians from the tortoise and the hare, the title characters from Water Babies, don't know what that is, Isle of Jazz from Musicland, Jenny Wren from Who Killed Cock Robin, the title character from Cock O the Walk. Elmer Elephant, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Evil Queen appearing as the Witch, and the Forest Animals from Snow White, Ferdinand from Ferdinand the Bull, Pinocchio, Jiminy Cricket, and Lampwick from Pinocchio, various Fantasia characters, the Reluctant Dragon, Sir Giles, and the Horse from Reluctant Dragon, Dumbo the Crows, Mrs. Jumbo, Casey Jr., and the Clowns from Dumbo, Bambi, the Great Prince, Feline, Flower, and Thumper are at least mentioned, Pedro, Ben Buzzard, Emotion, Chicken Little... Briar Bear. There's actually a lot. I think it's just maybe we don't. I guess realize. yeah, because a lot of those names are I did not know. And Piglet's a, there. Oh really? Okay, because a lot of the characters that I did know, I that you mentioned, I didn't see. I don't remember seeing Bambi. Or... I think a lot of them were in those like just scenes where you can kind of see in the van. You don't notice them all. We would have had to pause. So Warner Brothers, you got Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, Porky Pig, Sammy Sam, Tweety Bird, Sylvester, Foghorn Leghorn, Roadrunner, Wiley e. Coyote, Marvin the Martian, Sam Sheepdog. Speedy Gonzalez, a Bugs Bunny prototype, a gray version of Mark Anthony, 
character resembling Michigan J. Frog, Yo-Yo Dodo, uh, Fox resembles George from A Fox and Hounds, Gracie the Fighting Kangaroo, Toro the Bull, the Magnet from Zipping Along, and Portable Holes from The Whole Idea. I didn't know that was a thing. MGM, we've got Droopy Dog, Spike from Tom and Jerry, um, Screwy Squirrel is mentioned, Meathead Dog, Benny Burrow, a character resembling Barney Bear, a purple version of George, and an octopus from Half Pint Pygmy. From Fleischer, Flesher Studios, we have Betty Boop, Coco the Clown, Wiffle Piffle. From Paramount, there's Joker, the Harlequin Jack in the Box logo from Novel Tunes. Whew. Walter Lance Productions, there's Woody Woodpecker, Homer Pigeon, a gold version of Papa Panda, Wally Walrus, Tilly Willy is mentioned, and Dinky Doodle is mentioned. And then there's Terry Tunes, which I've never heard of any of these. And then Felix the Cat. And I then, didn't see Felix. I feel like I would have if I saw in him. In a picture in the keystone of the tunnel that leads to, leads to Toontown. Oh, well, there you go. And then there was a bunch that they wanted to but didn't use. I'm not going to go through them all. The main one would be Chippendale from Disney. Mm. lot from Warner Brothers that were big, like Pepe Le Pew, Tasmania Devil, quite a few like that tier. Mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry in the unproduced scene of Marvin Acme's funeral is when they would have been. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, there's like... So there you go. That answers the question. They almost use Superman from Fleischer Studios, Casper the Friendly Ghost from Harvey Comics. So they there's but like there's only so many minutes in the movie, right? Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, even having just watched this last night, a lot of my memory is not correct because I don't remember seeing well, a lot a, of I, those characters. I think we would have had because there's a lot of scenes where there's a lot of tunes in one scene, mm-hmm. and I think we would have had to pause the thing. And even then, there's a lot of people who I have no idea who these are. But again, there's not much of these old Disney shot, shorts I watch, but things like Looney Tunes were on all the time when we were kids. So mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to remember the Warner Brothers characters from the 40s that, you know, we didn't obviously grow up with. Right. But we sort of still did because Looney Tunes was on all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Looney Tunes with my dad all the time. I watched Looney Tunes every Saturday morning. They were on every week. Yeah. And yeah. so even though those cartoons were from the 40s and 50s, we watched them. So we're familiar with all the characters yeah. more so than some of these Disney characters, even though Disney is the bigger cartoon studio. Yeah. There you go. But if it had been 90s Disney characters, well, would have knocked it out of the park, on my knowledge. There you go. Yeah, we would have had Darkwing Duck it, running around Does that there. make me a Disney adult? Am I a Chug? Uh, <laughs> By the time this airs, Chug will be over. Uh, probably. <laughs> so anyway, the movie the movie begins. <laughs> we remember when we really even talked about the movie at all. Well, outside no, I'm of, like, I, like cartoon characters. It feels like this. I honestly barely have any notes. Yeah. But I really do now that i was like because it's been a long time since i've seen it Mm -hmm. but i really like that it very much feels like there's a lot of stuff where you're like oh this wouldn't fly today yes especially in a movie full of cartoon characters like children's cartoon characters yeah yeah like when eddie is getting on the back of the trolley car and there's the kids smoking yes the kid the kid gives him the cigarettes yeah yeah so it it really is a it it makes me feel like it's the 40. Well, when I was a kid, I remember watching this and having no idea what it would have even how old the movie itself was. Yeah. Because it does a good job of capturing the 40s. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I just want to say, like, a lot more sexual jokes about cartoons than I remember. Well, look at Jessica I know, Rabbit. But like, way, like other characters as well, you know, like even Betty Boop and stuff. Like, I don't know. It, it, there was a lot of. I, I don't remember 
I guess stuff that had like the peeping Tom bit, you know, like I don't remember yeah. that. And that's a weird thing to have in a movie that's essentially for children. It's you know? not a kids movie though, isn't it? Rated like PG thirteen. Well, technically, but it's that still means kids can go see it, right? I mean, the fact that they made Roger Rabbit cartoons and aired them in front of children's movies means that at some level, this needs to be for kids, right? You could make that same argument then about RoboCop. Okay, that's different. <laughs> How is that different? Uh, uh okay yeah they did make cartoons for robocop technically every like r-rated movie has some sort of kids version of it there i mean there's a diehard kids christmas book like it, it, it happens that's know. a little different because that is tongue-in-cheek i suppose i guess the the 1980s early 90s robocop cartoon is not something that was a little tongue-in-cheek but anyway whatever so yeah <laughs> what you you're funny okay sorry anyway i guess we should just talk about this movie there's been a, there's been a lot of just stream of consciousness not really anything which is i mean fine because i feel like this is the sort of movie that people have seen like yeah. who hasn't seen this movie and at least more than once too because like one of the things that i remember as a kid being so blown away by is that it had all the cartoon like it, it wasn't like just disney you know mm-hmm. it wasn't just looney tunes it was all of them so that was always even though they were the older characters honestly Okay, I will be completely honest with you. Even today, well, not today, it was yesterday, when we watched this movie, he kills the shoe. Yes. I don't like it. No, I don't like it even now, too. That like, part is I like just, horrifying. It's the scariest part of the movie when he kills the shoe. Like when he, he's doing the like, talk just like this. Mm-hmm. It was super scary as a kid. Not scary now. No. It's just, just fun. But no, killing the innocent shoe is like the saddest thing in. <laughs> and at that point, I've seen the movie, right? Like, I know that he's actually a tune and the yes. whole thing. But that alone right there makes me go, I know judges and God, they still do. But, you know, would be getting away from they'd get away with a lot in front of people, mm-hmm. like in front of an audience. But I feel like. It's one thing to hit like a tune with an anvil or something because they'll walk away from that. Yeah. But to actually straight up murder this poor innocent shoe that was just basically trying to cuddle with him. Yeah. Bad dude. He like, is a bad dude. set him up as a bad, bad Very dude. bad dude. And it's funny actually because you said about how before you were like, it's a good thing I didn't recognize Christopher Lloyd as, as you know, Doc Brown. Well, you probably didn't because I didn't realize until this viewing is he's under a ton of makeup. He yeah. has like a huge like fake chin and a big nose and it's all done to make him look more cartoon like, right? Yeah. And which obviously makes more sense because it is revealed later on that he is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I there was a lot about his mannerisms and like even this the way he looked that was just like, oh man, they they actually like really tease that he is a cartoon the whole time. And, you know, I just remember him as being revealed as a cartoon later. But, like, the teases are there, the whole movie. Well, he he very much, one of the, like, his plan, even at the end of the movie, Eddie is like, only a tune could come up with a plan like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, kind of, but not really, because, like, I, I feel like that's more of a tongue-in-cheek, like, they're making fun of the kind of developers who do this sort of thing. Because yeah. it's very common that they do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So to be like, only a tune would come up with such a crazy plan. It's like, you know, you're they're making fun of all the developers who 
do this stuff because it is cartoonishly villainous of them. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So right off the hop, you could tell this dude is obviously evil and like evil to the point of just extreme. So as an adult watching this, I think you'd figure out right away, like, obviously he's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's more going on that he's just, you know, killing tunes. Like, it's just... The dude has, like, a murder squad. Yeah, of... Of cartoons. He hates cartoons and wants to murder them, but he hires cartoons. Cartoon, a murder squad of cartoons. Weasels. Weasels. His old... Hyenas, yes. Hyenas before, which was... It's not something I realized before is that this wasn't his first squad, too. So mm-hmm. I do like that cartoons can laugh themselves to death. Yes. I, I like that they talk about how cartoons cannot die, but then they will die from laughing too much. Yeah. I mean, I guess the judge really wanted to kill everybody. He'd uh, just make it like a really good joke. Yeah. But anyway. But he, pro- but he would die from laughing at the joke. That's a Monty Python sketch, actually. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen that bit? There's actually a Monty Python sketch. A guy writes a joke so funny that he laughs himself to death. And then after they've discovered that it is a a joke so funny that it laughs people to death, they start using it as a weapon in a war where like they drop like leaflets of it in other languages and stuff. Yeah. Hey, hon, you want to laugh so hard you might die? You think I could chug this whole sparkling water without burping? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what, what would I do, I do? <laughs> that will only be funny to us and maybe anyone else who saw that TikTok. it's been seen by like 8 million people nah. someone else is going to have seen this fair you know something about this movie that I completely forgot what's that Eddie's like romance with Dolores I did forgot about her as a character oh really no I remember that he had a he had a girlfriend yeah is she his girlfriend or is she a woman that he was involved with who has left his ass for being a drunk? Well, yes, but they kind of get back together, obviously. They do, obviously, because at the end of the... Because he's obviously an alcoholic. They make reference to it a lot. He drinks a lot. And he has that moment where he's like, you know what? Not today. And he pours his booze out. Yeah. At, you know, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. like, wish alcoholism was that easy to Yeah, no oh kidding. God, could you imagine? Mm-hmm. But... Uh, no, because his whole thing is like a tune killed his brother. Yes. And so he used to, we find out as the movie goes on that like, because he's a private eye, he and his brother were the people that if tunes needed help, they'd go to them. Yeah. And now a tune killed his brother. So now he hates tunes just because like this thing. It's like, but if his brother had been killed by a human, what if he hated all humans? What if his brother had been killed by a Mexican? Hot. That gets real bad. I mean, I guess, <laughs> but still anyway. Can I, speaking of that, so he has his gun. It's a yes. cartoon, cartoon gun. Cartoon gun. With cartoon bullets. Yes. The bullets are a little racist. The bullets are stereotypes, yes. And I was like, ooh, this this right here is very 1947 and 1988. Yeah, it was both 1947 and 1988, so that's not too surprising. Yeah. One thing, speaking of guns, because he has a cartoon gun. One thing that I, I really thought about this movie that was just like the whole movie, every time I every time something happened with it, I was like, this is just great, is that they do a really good job throughout the entire movie of making the animated characters interact with the live action stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's so well done. And, and the fact that like the weasels use live action you know, they use real guns, yep. which means that they would kill humans if yep. they shot at them. Mm-hmm. Like all of the effects are fantastic. I, I, I spent the entire movie like trying to find like 
you know, the wires and stuff. And I only saw wires one time. I didn't entire, at all. I was watching. Where did you see them? The only time I saw a wire in the entire movie was when Judge Doom is being pulled towards Eddie by the magnet. It is the only mm. time I saw a wire in the entire movie. There is a shot when Doom is running away from them in Toontown mm -hmm. where the paint is to the point where everything's just almost a little bit see-through. Mm -hmm. And I say, I mean, almost. Yeah. And it's just not quite. And I think it's because of the lighting effect. Yeah. Yeah. But everything there, else yeah, there's is a lot solid. Of, there's a lot of scenes where there's the cartoon and then they've applied like a halo effect to them to, mm -hmm. to emulate whatever the lighting in the room is. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't exactly look perfect. But like that stuff, I like that stuff's all forgivable, right? Right? It's yeah. all it's all technical limitations. But like when he goes into the bar, the nightclub at the beginning, and he sees Jessica Rabbit there, there are penguins running around as waiters. And any shot where there are penguins in the background, there are live action drink trays moving around with the with the cartoon penguins. It doesn't matter how far away in the background they are. They are always there and they are live action. Yeah. It's incredibly done, well done effects that that with the exception of like little cut out corner cropping yeah. things. But that but like I mean perfect example, Roger sits at Eddie's brother's desk which is covered in dust and he leaves handprints. Mhm. Mm like they they thought of everything like they do such a good job with the effects in the movie yeah and one of the things i remember i remember from a long time ago reading was that any scene where like bob hoskins like he holds roger by the throat a few times mm -hmm. but anytime anybody says something like that they had to make sure that like when they were holding them they had their fingers together because if they had their fingers spread, spread apart they they're like told like if you keep your fingers together like if you don't have them together you're costing the movie an extra hundred grand yeah because of having to paint between the fingers right so I'm like okay okay yeah like it, it would have been a lot of work especially mm -hmm. without computers yeah definitely it's all like hand right like in 1988 there's there's no way this was like because Toy Story was the first movie where you're getting like it wasn't even until like we talked about before Jurassic Park though but like when you're starting to really get into like real advanced editing and that's still five years later than this movie. Mm -hmm. So not like today doing something like this today would probably be really easy, easy quote unquote, not as difficult as it was in 1988. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say easy uh, by comparison, cause I don't think it would be like a walk. I, I couldn't do it. So I'm not trying to poo poo someone's hard work. Okay. Poo poo. You're going to poo poo space jam too. <sighs> <laughs> you're you're pooing it for different reasons entirely yeah yeah no I, I would say it's funny actually is the 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 part that is to me the worst effects in the movie is when he goes to toontown like the the part that you mentioned with judge doom and and then him running around in certain areas that's where the effects are the weakest where they're the strongest is where it's all the live action stuff. It has all of the stuff mm -hmm. moving around. It's so well done. And it's like my favorite part of the movie is watching the other characters interact. There was something I always remembered about the Toontown sequence because the Toontown sequence is a little weird. It's weird, but it's in a zany way. Yeah. So like, much of this is zany. Mm -hmm. So he goes there. He's trying to track down Jessica Rabbit mm -hmm. and he runs into not Jessica Rabbit. And she chases him. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered, what the hell is that? This is the one time I've noticed that she actually has a name. That character has a name. 
Her name is Lena Hyena. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Lena Hyena. Yeah, let's talk about Lena Hyena. I didn't realize as a kid that Lena Hyena is a dude. Is Lena Hyena a dude? Lena Hyena has an Adam's apple. And Lena Hyena, when her her dress comes up, she's wearing boxer shorts. And I mean, obviously a woman can wear boxer shorts as she wants, but she also has an Adam's apple. Lena Hyena is a dry queen. Well, uh, that's that certainly changes things because even I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. get that before either. Lena Hyena definitely- has is definitely have a female actress as the voice because it's the voice. I couldn't tell you the name of the actress, but she's a famous... Like she does a lot of cartoon voiceover. So, I mean, again, Lena having an Adam's apple didn't catch that. And I, yeah, I guess the boxer shorts. Yeah. Do you want to know the original name for Lena Hyena? Please. Toon Hag. Toon Hag. That doesn't necessarily mean drag queen then. No, but like, again, the Adam's apple and the boxer shorts. Again, boxer shorts on their own, not, but like together but with the they, they were really just making sure that people paying attention caught that Lena, you know, assigned male at birth. <laughs> I, I'd say is probably the best way to at least put it. Cause mm. it was, yeah. So there you go. So fun fact about Lena Hyena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the, the Lena Hyena bit, I, like obviously the, the, the movie moves a lot faster than I remember. It is. It goes at a good clip, which it's, I I don't didn't remember it being so so quick. Yeah, like when they got to us when they got to the Toontown bit, I'm like they're actually really close to the end, and I remember this being like a lot further in the movie. Like I remember it being like more in the middle, and it's like the scene before the end scene because mm-hmm. he leaves Toontown, and then they end up at the Acme factory for the climax, mm-hmm. and. I I remember the Toontown scene being so much earlier. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, the movie moves very quickly, and mm-hmm. then we get to the ending where everything goes bonkers and, and Judge Doom is revealed to be a horrifying monster <laughs> after all this time. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's a, a lot going on in that scene. I, I did enjoy, like, it's it's strong. Like, the scene itself is strong. Like, the, there's so much going on in it with the... With uh, like you know the weasels getting killed and the the dip truck and like everything all coming together in the end, but yeah, like what did you think about the the doom sequence at the end of the movie this time? Like when he gets run over and well, or the yeah. whole fight. But even the even the uh, yeah, I guess the whole thing. Like where because because yeah. looking at it now, even as a kid, I don't remember. I don't remember that part. I guess I blocked it out. But him being run over by the steamroller. Is, is kind of horrifying, even as an adult, like just like watching a man slowly be run over by a steamroll. Even though I know he's a cartoon at this point, it was still kind of like, hmm. You know what? You're right. Because watching it now, I'm like, well, he's a cartoon or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, but if you put yourself in, you've never seen the movie before. This movie's brand new. The internet doesn't exist for spoilers. You're at the theater to see the new, this new movie. And then you see... Christopher Lloyd get run over by a steamroller and you're just like what the I brought my kids to this movie mm-hmm. and then he pops up and then like, I'm sure like the all I can picture is <laughs> not in the kindergarten ah! <laughs> like kids just screaming in the theater because right? it it is creepy now speaking of creepy I looked over at you during that scene because I was expecting a different reaction from you because once he's flat and he stands up, mm-hmm. it's stop motion. 
And I know you hate that. Yeah. I I was expecting a more like visceral reaction from you during there, this. It's very well done. It's so well done that you didn't realize that it was. No, but it's not in that slightly the frame rate messes with my brain enough to detect the frame rate does that make sense okay just, yeah like I, yeah yeah i don't know it didn't bother me that much because mm-hmm. he said you're right and i think part of the reason why a lot of like claymation and stop motion does bother me is the frame rates for it it's something about it is like my eye can just barely detect it so it kind of throws my brain off I mean, like it's like creepy, uncanny valley stuff where it's yeah. just your brain is like something's not right, but I can't identify what it is. And then your brain kind of has a bit of a like, well, reaction. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is for a lot of that. Yeah. No, no, that wasn't. Maybe because it was so short. Yeah, maybe. The the one thing that I thought was very funny, because we talk about how like, oh, that scene's not so horrifying when you realize that he's a tune. But later on, after he's is dipped and, mm-hmm. and he melts away, they look at his mask and they established earlier in the movie, like when he kills the shoe, basically what he's doing is he's erasing the cartoon. And when he pulls his hand out, the red shoe that he dipped in is now like ink all over yeah. his hand. So later on, the red eyed cartoon who dies when he falls in the dip while he's wearing like a human costume, mm-hmm. the red eye ink is coming out of the eye holes of the mask. So it looks like this flat face with blood coming out of the eyes, which was a little horrifying to to look at. But also what I noticed, I didn't notice until later was Christopher Lloyd. We talked about how he had the mask, like the the makeup done to have his nose and his chin more prominent. Yeah. He, He also has fake like cartoon teeth. Does he really? Yeah. If you look at it, his teeth are perfectly straight. Like, like he's wearing dentures mm. that are white. So they're perfectly white and they're also flat. Like it would be if he were drawing teeth, like if you were drawing an old cartoon teeth, there's no difference in the height of his teeth. It's just flat. Interesting. And I didn't catch that until this viewing. So yeah, that was something interesting I, I, I caught, but, but yeah, so the, the day is saved. The mystery is, uh, is solved. And the will is discovered that uh, that saves Toontown from being run over and turned into a freeway. I really wish we would have because you never find out what Judge Doom looked like without the mask. Yeah. You only see the eyes. And like, I mean, I, I get it. Like, because there's no way seeing him would be satisfying to what he really looked like. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I so think- it's they probably made the right choice in not showing what his cartoon self really looked like but still it's kind of like was he a famous character maybe he was tom and jerry <laughs> two tom and jerry's in a trench coat <laughs> he's wearing a trench coat oh he's got the chills <laughs> tom, that's why they're not in the movie yeah because they're, they're, they're really they're really a judge doom judge doom and then we find out that doom killed eddie's brother he dropped yep. a piano on his head no a safe on his head right yeah uh, no it was a piano it piano on his head yeah because it was a safe, it's a safe that kills acne yeah yeah which is another way to kill someone. Yeah. So, yeah. And obviously, like, Jessica Rabbit and Roger Rabbit get back together. And Dolores and Eddie are back together. And mm-hmm. Rabe's happy. And t- the tune's own tune town. And, you know, you get the, the credit 
fade out scene with the sun and the sky dancing around the whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's all happy and stuff. And I, I do, I wanted to talk a little bit, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. about Jessica Rabbit herself. Okay. Do you, you know who she's voiced by, right? Yeah. Her name escapes me at the moment, but I know exactly who it is. Do you know that I was not the only one who was like, wait, it's Kathleen Turner, right? Yes, Kathleen Turner. Or is it Kathy Moriarty? No, it's Kathleen Turner. And then I kind of went down this rabbit hole of how a lot of people confuse the two of them because they both got that this very similar voice and uh, they they look kind of similar. And Kathleen Turner had the bigger career, but a lot of there's a lot of like theories on the internet. It's like, did Kathy Moriarty's career not take off as just like, she still did well, but as much because all the roles went to Kathleen Turner when they're looking for basically it's like you're basically very similar. So anyway, I had a moment of like Kathy Moriarty's the one who's in Casper. Okay, I haven't seen Casper in a long time so I don't remember. Oh, we should watch Casper at some point. Well, if you want to make it your it. pick, it's Never your pick. Made yeah, so I just it was one of those and but she's not even credited. Oh, okay. Well, I, are any of the the tune characters credited? Yeah, just not her. Interesting. Yeah, but like and Jessica Rabbit to this day, like people like still cosplay as her. I mean, people cosplay of all sorts of things that are older. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But she's still considered like this like sex bomb character. And it's funny because in the the 80s, the big curvaceous body was very in, but like in a fitness way. Yeah. And then it was the wayfish in the 90s. And now we're back to this curvaceous thing. So like Jessica Rabbit being like the ideal woman sort of shape, which is impossible. I mean, her her waist is the size of my wrist exactly right anywho i just i like that when they're like what do you what do you see in roger she's like he makes me laugh yeah it's like to and like even betty boop is like when she's like when eddie's at the theater and he's like she's married to roger and betty boop is like yeah what a lucky girl Mm -hmm. and it's like roger is like the hottest ticket because he's so funny Mm mm-hmm so, tunes have uh, good priorities. Yeah. And play patty cake. Patty cake instead of having sex. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> well, I mean... That's a noodle scratcher. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get it. Like, a somewhat kids-ish movie. I mean, and maybe can't... maybe if humans do start boning cartoons, it becomes Cool World, and nobody wants that. No, no, we don't need Cool World. <laughs> I watched Cool World as a kid, because again, it was cartoons. It was cartoons. Yeah. I saw I saw Cool World as a kid as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I think unless you have anything else to say, that, no. that's going to do it for our recap, but critics in 1988 had their own thoughts on this movie, so Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? Yeah, so this movie is very highly regarded on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 97% critical score and an 84% audience score. Now, the audience score was a little lower than I expected because it is a very fondly remembered movie. I mm-hmm. did find a couple of reviews I, I liked. I only found one negative. There's only one negative critical review, keeping it from being a perfect 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Uh, Richard Corliss of Time basically said, the opening cartoon upstages the movie that emerges from it. I mean, the opening cartoon's good, but the movie... Anyway, we gotta do my own review later. Let's disagree. Peter Travers of People, though, said, your eyeballs have no choice but to go boing. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. Uh 
And our buddy Roger Ebert said, he gave it four out of four and said, sheer enchanting entertainment from the first frame to the last. A joyous, giddy, goofy celebration of the kind of fun you can have with a movie camera. It won three Oscars for film editing, visual, and sound effects. Golden Globe nominee for Best Comedy and Best Comedy Actor for Bob Hoskins. Won the Saturn Award for Best Fantasy Film Director and Effects. And overall had 24 wins and 22 nominations. So it was a very critically well-received flick. Mm-hmm. So getting into to what we thought of it, this is my pick. And I don't know if you can tell from the discussions that we were having about the movie, where most of those discussions we had weren't about the actual movie itself. I don't know what to say about this movie. And I feel like I got really into very quickly while we were watching the movie that I'm like, I'm going to give this a plane. Interesting. Because there are things about this movie that I really like, and I, I still think it's worth watching, which is why I gave it a plane and not a burnt. But it didn't do like the effects are amazing, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's worth watching for the effects alone. Interesting. So it's it's like I still think it. I still think you should watch it. Like I still think it's a it's a good movie. But there's nothing, nothing really had its hooks in me enough for me to give this a double butter. So I enjoy this movie. I don't love this movie, so I gave it a point. Wow. So confession time. Mm-hmm. I was not in the mood to watch this movie. Uh-huh. It's Mother's Day weekend right now. And we basically did my Mother's Day stuff yesterday because we knew everything for deliveries and everything would be busier today. Mm-hmm. But then like every other holiday, it seems it gets to be your choice anyway. Yes. <laughs> and I was not in the mood for this movie. I don't know why. I was just like, I don't really want to. I almost said, can we just not? And I was like, no, we really can't get behind again. Okay. So I will grit and bear it and watch this movie and not tell you because like you're gonna be like oh no we don't have to watch it and blah 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 no, i'm glad we did i'm giving it a double really I, even having seen this movie several times i didn't remember all the ins and outs of the hard-boiled detective private eye drama mm-hmm. and it was a fun romp venture how they put the pieces together of who framed Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. and who murdered Eddie's brother and why the why of it all and the effects are great and the story itself is really fun and I like the character growth for all the characters and it was not my favorite we've ever seen but I would definitely still give it a double butter yeah I don't, I don't know something about it didn't didn't click with me this time interesting it yeah. happens well that you know what same thing with me and Clueless I love Clueless, but when we watched it I, under a critical eye, mm-hmm. uh, would I watch Clueless again? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hold up critically? Mm, it happens. It yeah. happens. I get it. Yeah. I, 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 and it, it's not like a gremlin situation either, where now that I'm <laughs> like, now that you've said that you gave it a double, that I'm like, oh, but should I change my mind? I still- You can't change your I, mind. I can't. Like, I, I still feel the same way. Like, I still- Interesting. I don't know. There's a, there was a lot of parts of the movie. Like, there was some jokes that really landed for me. But for the most of the movie, I was just kind of like, this looks great. And that's about all I could think about oh, it. Oh, I so, found it very clever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just too smart for me. <gasps> Maybe I wasn't in the mood for it. I don't know. But, yeah, but it's, it's funny because I really wasn't. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, I'm glad we watched this. It was actually really funny. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. You won me over. I won you over and didn't lost. Didn't win over yourself. <laughs> didn't win over myself. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode. But next week, we will be taking a look at. <laughs> oh, good. 
No, you're going to be mad. Okay. Because I'm picking it, not you. We're going to watch Jurassic Park. What? Ha! Are you serious? You're picking my favorite movie as one of your picks? I really want to watch Jurassic Park. I'm really in the mood for it. Okay, that's fine, because I was going to pick it next week. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, like, really in the mood to watch it this weekend, and I almost suggested we just watch Jurassic Park instead, and I was like, no, we have to watch the movie Mike picked. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm down for Jurassic Park. That's funny that you're like... I don't know why. I was just like... I would, and the fact that we talked about it twice in this podcast too. I'm like, no, you know why? This is I. I don't know if this is the reason for you, but for me, the reason that I've wanted to watch Jurassic Park is obviously Jurassic Park, my favorite movie. I was watching a clip from Jurassic Park. There was a, a clip that showed up on YouTube, and it was a comparison of the 4K oh, Blu-ray the, yeah. and the like original like 35 millimeter print with Nikolai. we talked about this on our other podcast part-timers full-time dads Small plug yes and, and what ended up happening was when we were watching it I, I i was watching it i stopped watching it and then reopened my laptop and our son saw it and that put him on a dinosaur kick oh, because yeah. he wanted to watch all dinosaurs all the time and i'm like well Jurassic park's a little a little too much for him so he won't watch that and since then, I've been like, mm, I'm getting that itch. I'm yeah. getting that itch to watch maybe, Jurassic maybe Park. Maybe that's part of it, because our kid is watching this show this called Dino Dana. Dino Dana. And he seems to be more interested in Dino Dana than he was in Dino Dan. Well, Dino Dan is, doesn't have his cool dinosaurs. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, maybe that's what put the bug in my ear, or I just really want to watch something fun and like... Yeah, and like you were talking about Sam Neill and blah blah, and I'm like, this is so funny, and you're gonna be so mad that I picked it. No, no, it's, it's my funny. pick, I, I was not literally, your pick. I originally was gonna save it because 50 is gonna be my pick, oh. and I was gonna save it for 50, and then it was like, well, why? <laughs> and I was just gonna pick it for the my next pick. So funnily enough, it was going to be my next pick. Too funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm really, really, really in the mood to watch it. So that's like three picks in a row for me, in a, in a way. Yeah, yeah. You're basically picking my neck, what I would have picked, and then I get another pick. Yeah, well, that's there you great. go. What am I gonna pick? Well, that you can I just find thought, out. And I also thought it would be hilarious that I stole your pick. <laughs> <laughs> next week, we're gonna do. The craft. No, we already did the craft and I know. scream. We're, I know. I got no. scream too. No. That's a good choice. Uh, well, look forward to Jurassic Park next week because I am going to look forward to that. But for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn, I am Mike. I'm Laura, and we'll talk to you guys again as soon. Bye.